Okay, I'm here. Okay. So we're recording live on the day <laughs> after election night. Fake election night. It seems like election night's going to go on for at least another week. Yeah, point. I imagine it'll get to court by next week. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think North Carolina is saying they're not going to like finish counting their ballots until November 12th or something. So uh, can't we like call the note due like the bank can? I mean, I don't understand how they're just getting to decide. I mean, I guess the bigger question is have they always just not counted all the ballots? Or votes before and just sort of like, oh, this person got the biggest percentage of votes, so this person won, and we're just not going to go look at the rest of them. I don't, what was the Florida debacle? Was that Bush? Yeah, I don't know, I was like a kid during that, so I don't remember. But yeah, wasn't there like a whole thing with the votes during that election with Gore and Bush I I don't know how that went down I don't either I mean I obviously know that Bush won but that's kind of surprising that he would have the spine to kind of fight like this if it went down anything like this right and granted it was only one state not like six right yeah I don't remember it's like a good question for like parents to because I don't remember like the details of of that like what happened but there was like a big issue that's really kind of when I figured out like or I started thinking like maybe voting doesn't matter yeah like with that I can remember thing. yeah I can remember the second Obama election my parents didn't vote because they were convinced it didn't matter right <laughs> I think everyone goes through that at some point right I definitely didn't feel that the I wanted, even if I didn't know if it mattered, I wanted to vote for Trump just on principle. Right. I mean, the first time I've ever voted have been in the last two elections. I didn't vote, you know, um, during the Obama um, races, uh, just because I sort of felt like he was a cult of personality and not, he sort of appeared out of nowhere and like ran for president. And I, you know, was just always very suspicious of him. Yeah, I, was never, I can see yeah. that. Um, who did you vote for? Did you vote for Trump in the primaries in the first yeah. time in mm-hmm. 2016? Yeah, you did? I did. That's funny. I was totally anti-Trump. I know. You've said beginning. this before. I was always on, like, I was always on board. I think because, like, just growing up with him, like you know, being a kid and like remembering like the whole like 80s thing, like it was Donald Trump, you know what I mean? Like he's been around and like, I don't know, I guess like a mainstay of American popular culture for so long. Yeah, I my only thing was, is I was so coming off of Obama, like we had a really rough eight years as a family under Obama. Right. And so I was so paranoid he wasn't for real. Right. So I I went for Ted Cruz. But then obviously by the time the general election came around, I was all for Trump and voted for him. Yeah. But I think Ted Cruz funny. would have been a fine president, actually. I think so, yeah. too. He's a fighter a lot like Trump. Yeah. I don't think he's as strong-willed as Trump, for sure. But 
Um, he definitely has a backbone. Right. Um, so, like, how are you feeling right now? Are you worried or? I mean, yeah, I guess I'm worried just because I feel like there's a lot at stake with this. And I also, I just don't understand why someone that lives in this country and is aware of just even 25% of like the things that Joe Biden has like legislated for and, you know, just the whole business with his son and the shadiness, um, you know, the way they've made money, you know, during his vice presidency and so forth. Like, I just don't understand the method or like the thought process behind voting for Biden. Like, I don't get that. Like, what do you I, hope I, to accomplish or gain? I mean, it's got to be, I'm sorry, but, and I don't know if this is, um, you know, giving Republicans too much credit or, you know, holier than thou, but I, it, I honestly believe 80%, if not more, of Democrats are simply brainwashed. I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know how else. They don't. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And they probably look at us and feel the same way about our devotion to Trump. It's not I about mean, that's Trump just... necessary for me. I mean, I like it's not about him per se. It's about what he stands for. I enjoy or I respect the fact like I think I we talked about before, like he doesn't have to do this. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have True. to put himself or his family through this whatsoever. Like, there's nothing for him to gain. He was already wealthy. His family's already established. So this is like an act of service almost to me. So I respect that. But we, you know, we've just been like, I don't know. We've. Yeah, I think, I just think it's different too because it's how you talk about how do you look at Joe and the things with his kids and blah, 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 just from a morality standpoint standpoint. I mean, I know that Trump isn't, you know, the most moral person in the world, but I mean, he raised good kids. And I think that says a lot about a person when you can raise how many, how many, five, Mm -hmm. five amazing children. I mean, not one of them has issues. Um, and I think that says a lot about Trump and the man that he is ultimately, despite his mistakes, which we all have. I remember before Trump, I don't know if I ever told you this story or not, before he was running for president or anything, um, uh, I ran into Ivanka, Donald Jr. and Eric at the Do- Dallas airport. You did tell yeah. me about this. And, yeah, but tell us again. Right. So I ran into them at the airport and this was before the presidency or anything like that um and I just remember thinking like when I saw them together like wow what nice children they are like they were a unit like they moved together each brother was flanking Ivanka like they were they they were close to one another physically um they seem like they were raised well and I just remember thinking that when I saw them in the airport and that stuck with me even when uh, Trump was running for presidency that I remembered that his children are so well behaved. And I also like not to like dox myself or anything, but I went to college at the same, I went to the same college as one of his children. And, you know, we attended at the same time 
And I remember seeing them around the campus and they were always just like very pleasant. Um, and like those things, like I just remembered. And I just think like your children are an example of you. You know what I mean? When they're, especially when they're out in the world and they didn't have security with them and they were very unassuming, but um, I just remember thinking that and how it like left an impression that if they they presented themselves so well that they're a representation of their father and he must be at least somewhat of a decent person as well. Yeah. I mean, turning out like that's not by accident and you know, you're a good person. I'm a good person. I feel like good people can recognize exactly. that in each right. other. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I have these little moments of doubt, um, but it's not, I don't feel like it's my gut or my spirit. It's more of just, you know, you can't help but read something negative and let it take over your brain for a second. But overall, I really feel at peace. Right. (laughs) I'm just kind of like, it's all going to sort itself out. It's just going to take some time. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not so worried about like him. I'm worried about like if he doesn't win like the legislation that will come after that, because I can't imagine that it'll be anything like that's positive. No. And even worse if Kamala is somehow up there in the next year. Like, I feel like anything good that Trump did do, they will purposefully undo just to be spiteful. Yeah. But it looks like we're, um, contain or, uh, maintaining control of the house. Yeah which is good. I feel like that's not really getting talked that's about. True. So, you know, maybe that can delay any, if Trump doesn't pull it through, I just, that doesn't even feel natural to right. say. I just don't think that's going to happen, but I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll yeah, see. We'll see. Um, have you noticed like who in your sphere is worried? Yeah. Like the people panicking. Um, so the weirdest thing, I don't know if I talked to you about this today at all, was a couple of friends of mine that are, you know, Biden supporters that lean left. And that's fine. You know, it was early on in the election. I just sort of, you know, when they tried to sort of provoke me into like discussions or arguments about it, I would just simply say, listen, I'm voting for Trump. And I'm like, I'm not going to argue about it or be like persuaded to do anything different. So they kind of left me alone with that. But then I saw like an Instagram exchange between the two of them today and they were saying how they didn't want a vacation in any states that had voted for Trump so they were no longer going to go to Disneyland Disney World or Florida or any other state that was red now mind you they both live in states that possibly have turned red but are you know in the whole thing right now with being debated as to who's won what but anyway so they're like and we might possibly need to move and I'm just like this is I was like you know this is a type of stuff that like irritates the shit out of me right you know even though we both just talked about well we did but I'm not saying (laughs) it's because no it's not it's not because of that for either one of us but um right yeah I'm just yeah. fine. But yeah. Yeah, I can't um I can't really fathom moving or never vacationing in a certain state. But that's all just kind of bullshit, right? Like that will go away. 
that feeling for right, them. Right, I guess. And if it doesn't, and then if it fine. doesn't, like fine. Said, but like, I don't don't right, go. Like some of the same people that are saying this stuff, it's like, you know, the one person is like suing her employer who like fired her during the pandemic, and has been chilling at home the whole time and like marching and doing other stuff. And, you know, the other one is like married to somebody who's not a citizen of this country. So I just don't understand, I guess, like, like sometimes people have things going on in their personal life and they emote through like politics, if that makes sense. So they like, oh, 100%. so like for the turmoil and the uncertainty that they have in their own life, they somehow transfer all of that to politics instead of saying, I don't know, like I'm scared. I don't know what I'm going to do about my personal situation. This has been a big change for me. So instead of like, you know, being honest in that sense, they like grab, you know, um, latch on to like a movement or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's some validity to that, for sure. Um, It's just, I mean, and it seems like those people typically lean to the left, too, because it's a very emotional play, and the left, you know, it's 24-7 playing on your emotions. Not even playing, it's praying. I mean, they really mess with people on a deep emotional level. Um that's just almost sinister to be honest sometimes so yeah I could see that this is like the same person who like went out March for George Floyd then like texted me because we attend the same gym being worried about COVID so she canceled her gym membership and then while I was on vacation in Miami texted me asking me what I thought about her going to get her um, you know body done like class what she thought about getting plastic surgery during COVID like it's that weird like fucked up like circle of whatever like reasoning that they have and like it's all people that lean left that think like that like you cancel your gym membership because you're worried about COVID but you would go lay on a surgical table in a hospital to get the fat sucked out of you that you gained during the pandemic And you're worried about COVID and complaining about Trump's response to COVID, but you're out um, on the front page of our local newspaper, too, um, marching in the middle of a pandemic. Right. It's no logical logical consistency. Right, exactly. Right. So it's hard for me to have, like, proximity to people like that because it's just ridiculous and now that I know you are a ridiculous person, it's like hard for me to like take you seriously at all. Well, that was like the people we had dinner with this weekend when we were in Boston. I mean, she was saying her friends would go out in March and then they would shame them for opening right. up their business. Uh, yeah. I'm like, so one of my friends it um, does like, she's in the cosmetic industry, I guess you could say. And, a state in the West. And she was telling me how like business has never been better. She does like injections, like Botox and fillers. And that 75% of her clients have come in using their like unemployment cards. I guess you get a, a card that gets loaded with your money for unemployment to like pay for their Botox and oh fillers. God. And she was just like, but these are the same people that 
are worried about like COVID. <laughs> you know what I mean? And want like the lockdowns to continue forever. And part of that is like, and no shade, like God bless. But part of that is because they're making more money than they did at their regular job because they're getting like right. double unemployment. They got a stimulus. Plus they've all like fake went and employed for like personal protection loans or whatever those small business loans things were. So they're all like, you know, they have all this cash. Right. And yeah, I mean, you're right. They're making more money doing this and there's something uh, about those people that are just, they don't have, I don't even know the word. I kind of regret starting this thought. Like They just don't have self-accountability. Uh, they're not self-motivated, you know, they're very okay with collecting, you know, $1,200 right. a month. Like that gives them just right. enough they're like, of it's a life. Fine. You know, this is fine. I can like, I'll figure it out. Or I don't know what they're thinking. It's goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like you'd like to sit one of them down and like, say, explain this thought process to me. Like, how do you think right. this and I, go on I think forever? I have. Like, you do realize this, yeah. you'd be better off staying at your job or finding a job that at least is more, you know, safe than an unemployment check, which could be cut off at any moment now. I mean, isn't it due to be cut off in January or something? I mean, one can only <laughs> right? hope. But at the same time, you know, I do understand the point and maybe this is me being too soft. I don't know. But I'm like, the government cannot mandate people to shut their because I do think about people who want to open their businesses who can't, you know, who have families and the people that want to work, to God, right? they, they want to go to work, they want to open up, they don't. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, how can the government cut them off, but in the same breath, not allow them to open their business? That's kind of my issue. And of course, the loser, lazy people are going to fall through the cracks. They always will. They always have. You know, I'm not I don't love that idea, but um, I guess it is what it is. But I don't know. I, I just I'm praying to God. I know that coronavirus has not been a topic of conversation in the past 24 hours. That's, that's for, for sure. sure. All of a sudden it's disappeared. Right. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. So, yeah, I mean, and do you have any other funny stories in Philly, um, like regarding anything you've seen with protests? Oh, well, today, like outside of my office window, they were like shouting. I don't even know what they were shouting, like on a loudspeaker or whatever for about two hours. And let me tell you, like I had like a range of emotions about that because it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sitting in my office. I'm on like, I'm busy at work. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like every day I'm at work, I'm super Mm -hmm. busy. I just multitask well. And, you know, I've worked through the entire pandemic. I was never off. I was never quarantined, you know, locked down every day. I was at work. And sometimes working like triple time because of what I do for a living, like super on the front lines, all of that stuff. And to see people out here like protesting and complaining, like I complained once, I don't qualify for the, you know, um, the stimulus. Like I don't get any of that. And that's fine. I don't need it. I don't want it. But I'm right here Me in the either. thick of it. I'm a girl and I haven't complained and I'm not complaining now. I'm thankful and I'm glad to be 
able to do what I do and help people. And I'm glad I don't have the worry uh, or stress of like unemployment, you know, to deal with either. But like the constant complaining, the constant outside of my office window, while I'm at work of people fucking shouting about nothing stuff they don't even understand like if I went down there and I said exactly tell me what you're mad about they would just shout some shit like because Trump is a racist because fuck Trump and it's like right and like explain to me this thought process they wouldn't be able to and it pisses me off because it's like the lazy and the degeneracy the laziness the degeneracy involved while some of us have actually been out here like dealing with this shit and like handling it and exposing ourselves and our loved ones in the middle of it while people are just out here marching, just fucking off about nothing, about stuff they really don't even care about. They're just fucking bored. Um, you know, it's, it's today, it like finally got to me. Like I was literally about to walk out of my office, go down there, find one of those protesters and like start screaming. Like I'm trying to work. <laughs> And you're out here yelling at two o'clock in the afternoon. How do all of you have nowhere to be at two o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon? How's that possible? You don't have shit else to do? Yeah, I mean, I think it, yeah, it goes back to what I said about the brainwashing, right? I mean, if you were, you and I go march on Washington, you know, and then a reporter pulls us over asking us why we're angry, what's going on, what are the facts, what do we believe in, we'd be able to tell you without batting an eye right but these people they're just out there blindly um on the other side uh, and I'm, that's not to say there aren't educated on both and uneducated on both sides but it seems largely that the left it's is literally like you could without even looking at the crowd you could describe what the crowd out there looks like because when I did leave work I did see oh, who was oh, out oh. there and it's just like how does that's the other thing too that I haven't been able to figure out? How does everybody know when to get together to go protest in March? Like, is there an email? Is there like a text message? Like, what is it? Well, I do know when there was riots in Atlanta uh, after George Floyd. Which tell me why Atlanta was the right. second place the riots ended up happening? I'm whatever. Um, I, one of the girls that lived in my building, um, she was a bartender at the Palm, um, about two miles from our building. And she said that she still had to go into work that night because that's where all the protesters right. were staying. So who, um, so correct. Who busted them in, you know, I can guarantee you no. it was the Trump administration. Well, that was the same thing that was going on here. Like, um, when they were just having protests the other day, like they, they, uh, sectioned off and like blocked off a bunch of the areas on like the center city and they were telling people you know residents of that area you had to show id to show that you live there to come in and then someone started arguing arguing with me on twitter saying that um like the police officers had whispered to someone that they arrested something about george soros and that you know the rad the philadelphia police had been radicalized by like radical left right wing you know, um, conspiracy theories. And I was like, first of all, like, yeah, Wait, they, were saying they got arrested in Philadelphia and the cops said to them, Oh, who sent you George Soros or something like that. And this was going around Twitter. And I was like, first of all, that's hearsay, like prove that a cop said that to you. Number two, it's, 
It's true because so, so what if he did with the last yeah. um, riots? They actually did section off downtown and they were asking people to show their IDs because the last batch of riots with George Floyd, it was a bunch of people tearing up downtown who were not even from here. So this time they cut right. people off from going in unless you had like a driver's license or ID that showed that you were a Philadelphia resident and that you lived in that specific area that you were trying to get into. So this is not a conspiracy theory. They know that people were coming in from outlying areas or other states to cause chaos. Period. Right. And they and they were getting put up in a nice hotel in the center of exactly. like one of the nicest right. parts, specifically in Atlanta. And it's, it's crazy. It's unreal. And we're so, so forgiving to these people. Like, I it's mean, ridiculous. I, and it's I, like you have these people that like sit. I know. You know, on Twitter, then they're like black activists and everything. And, you know, like low key, that's like what I do. Like I specifically work in the black community. And instead of sitting here and like memeing black people into like ridiculousness and into destroying their own communities and being upset about things that they don't need to be upset about, why don't you actually go help them? Like go work in the community. Right. Instead, you sit on social media all day and like incite hate and racism amongst your own people. Right. It continues like, to conti- exactly. I mean, it all leads back. It's to like that. how are you helping them by hurting them? Like I have patients who live in that community that has been torn up. They work there. So now they don't have a job because now like the store they work in is on the third and fifth time that it's been looted and they don't know if their job's opening up again. Right. (laughs) Well, it was just like yesterday, Jamel Hill. I mean, this is kind of getting a little bit off topic, but she was already trying to get ahead of the narrative of, you know, Latinos you know, winning over the Trump vote or like heavily um, swaying the Trump vote in multiple states by saying that, you know, this election is on white people. It's not on anyone else because God forbid we're able to throw the race card out. You know, Um, it's like they see their whole world crumbling down if they can't, you know, have the race war continuing to go. And God forbid if you're Um, a black person and it's really unfortunate person or whatever, and you don't, and you have your own mind and think your own way, then you've been brainwashed by white people or you're trying to be white or et cetera, which, you know, whatever, but you know, enough with that too, (laughs) you know? Right. And that's one of the narratives I'm really hoping through this drops because it's exhausting. And I'm so tired of the word racism getting thrown around like candy I mean, I just, what are there? I think Dave Portnoy did a funny, or not a funny, a good video on this last night where he was saying, you know, all the Trump supporters that voted yesterday, there's not 63 million, just whatever number was the votes that came in for Trump yesterday, racist in the country, you know, like you have to stop with that narrative. Um, And that's another reason why him winning is so important, really. Um, It's about more than... Well, it's about like, it's about like, I feel for me personally, I guess it's about quality of life. And I think the quality of life will be affected in this country 
if he's not president. You know? Um, I agree. I think the things that we enjoy about, you know, America uh, will are in jeopardy. You know, with all of this stuff, you know, that's come out with China and just everything with, you know, COVID-19 and everything. Like, we cannot... <laughs> This is we this is not a friendly situation. You know what I mean? We need someone, a leader who is going to stand up for us. Right. And I will even say in regards to coronavirus, I'm I'm even a little disappointed in Trump I am for too. Not like had I been I mean, I'd joke around about this, but like you know, and I think you you're the same way. Like had I been president, I would have went the fuck off. Like, with yeah. all of that, whatever that means, <laughs> like, I would have been like, what's at my disposal? I want to use all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even once we did start kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, because I don't even know how I feel about how bad things were when things originally were going down. As far as the numbers being accurate and all that stuff. But I mean, this past summer in the last couple months, I mean, the lockdowns, this is over, you know, and there's no one speaking out to end it. We're all still walking fucking, around in masks. Totally it's totally ridiculous. And no one's, no one's brave enough to, and to, I guess, you know, speak out against like my it. field aren't brave enough because, you know, we have licenses to protect and we have like <laughs> livelihoods to protect or anything. And, you know, and stuff like that. And so people are afraid to come out and say, listen, you know, but the fact of the matter is, it's like hospitals are closing. Like there's another hospital here that was like on the brink before COVID. And then officially it's over for that hospital at this point. Um, you know, the, the numbers and like the stuff that's going on in the hospitals just doesn't correlate to the thing, the hysteria, the hysteria. Right. Right. Well, and I'm sure that hospital too, I think you confirmed this, but that it is, it was, it was an serving an underprivileged, it's an underprivileged community. community. It, it's in a specific part of the city that is like 90% black and poor. And that population frequents that hospital. It does, you know, surgery. Um, it does do some trauma care, which there's a lot of that in the community like with gunshots and stuff like that. And they'll usually stabilize the person and then transfer them to the larger um, university hospital that's nearby. Um, So this is like a big deal. Like I didn't even really know about it until one of my patients told me that they were unable to get their testing done because it was closing. Like I'd heard about it on the news, but I honestly don't watch my local news often because it's such bullshit. Um, and I sort of heard about it, but then I didn't follow up. And my patient uh, informed me that it was closing. So. Yeah. And isn't that funny? I don't think the average, you know, college kid or, you know, average liberal understands. I do think the elites do that these causes in the name of justice or whatever you want to call it 
only really end up disenfranchising the poor oh my God. Like, and middle class. It never you know, ends up helping. Like, and this is like people on Twitter will sometimes come after me when I like talk about the lockdowns or whatever. But like Twitter is like a place I go to to just like say something and like leave it. Like it's just somewhere. I don't know. It's like a place for me to just write. Yeah, a diary for me to write like a something diary. down. But like I said, the fact of the matter is like I work in the community. Like I work with people that had to quit their jobs. Because they have three kids that aren't in school right now. So they have to be home because three little kids cannot manage themselves in front of a, com- a computer all day. So it's either I let my right. older kids do it or they don't have help. You know, they don't have family or they can't afford a nanny or whatever you would do in that situation. So it's left on them. I also have people that don't have the capacity really to help their children with their homework like they don't understand it you know what I'm saying so right now you have a situation where you know these lockdowns and the schools being closed I guess my point is in saying is that poor underserved children are the ones that are going to suffer the most and they're already at a lack and already starting behind most likely so this is only going to widen the gap even more between them and children that aren't in the same situation that they're in. So you're not, you know, woke or helping a situation by like disenfranchising an already disenfranchised group of children, like open the schools. They need to go back to school. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely zero evidence. I will say in Georgia, we've handled coronavirus pretty well and, all my friends with kids, they're all back in school um, and nothing has happened. <laughs> I mean, everyone is fine. No kids have died. Um, and no, it's okay, not that's anecdotal, anecdotal like, but like that's how I, studies are done. Studies look at groups of people. They look at a group. They study it. They collect the data. You as a human being can look at the same group of people and draw your own conclusions. Did you sit down and like do the math? No, but who gives a fuck? Like your personal experience is your personal yeah. experience, and that is valid. And that's all. Well, you that's can all go you can of. really go right, off exactly. of, especially now. Yeah, I, I, it's crazy. I just, I really hope we are in the last days of at least the coronavirus, and we can shift right. focus. Yeah, I mean, because at this point, it's like, who the fuck cares? Like, honestly, who cares? We I mean, we do have on. to move on at some point. I mean, everyone does have to get right. it and sort itself out. And if that ends badly, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's all a part of the human experience. It's the way I look at it. Right. Death is not fun, no matter how you die. Um, so, right. But- yeah. I mean, right. my grandpa died over the summer in the midst of the pandemic, and no one cared about that, nor should they really, right. you know, it's no one's business. Um, but yet we're all supposed to individually care for every single coronavirus death that happens. It just, it, the logic is right. not there. <laughs> so, well, we solved coronavirus, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we should just well, really be. In yes, power. actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people on I, Twitter I, too I, that yeah, agree that we I should. Agree. So I think, I think that... things would go very well, actually. I think. I think people are like too. I don't even know how to say this. Diplomatic with one another. You know what I mean? Like we've gotten to this time period where it's like all thoughts and all feelings are valid. No, they're not. Like, honestly, they're not. Everything, like some things are wrong and some things are right. Like, that's it. Right. I mean, there's, there's, there's no such thing as there's your no truth. There's no such thing as your truth. There's the actual truth and you being delusional. <laughs> and that's it. Like, enough yeah, with that. I agree. And so I think we've yeah. had, like, leaders now that it's just like, well, everybody, you, you were oppressed. It's like, listen, I had ancestors that were slaves. Am I personally oppressed by slavery? I'm not. Like, that does not affect me. I'm happy that they stayed alive through it and persevered and did whatever they had to do in that situation to make it through. But am I now generations later personally affected by their slavery experience? I'm not. I'm not living trauma. Like, no. And I think if we, well, I think if we went back in time, like if we got in a time machine and went back, I don't even think we'd be that personally offended. It was by like what the time. It's just right. What was, it was right. It's it's just like someone will probably come back to our time and be like, and how in the fuck were they dealing with I don't that know. shit? Were they all stupid? Yeah. Yeah. How did they eat exactly. me? Or yeah. I, like, I don't know. It'll be something like that that they'll think we were, you know, inhumane for. And that's just part of progress. And you look back on it and say, okay, you know, we maybe don't want to do that again. Um, and you move on. And well, you make like the best I of say too, what's like, in front of people you. People are standing around talking about, like, who's been oppressed the most. It's like every group of people on earth, just off the top of my head, has had their ass kicked at one point or another. Every, well, every human being on the earth, singular, yeah, you I know, mean, will have their it, ass like, It's just a part. Point. It's what we do to one another and as a species and, right. like, all of that stuff. So I don't know, like, that's never going to stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I, like, so why do we pretend? Probably, like, genetic or inherent to, like, being a human or whatever it is. But we, like, every every group of people has had their moment in the sun. And every group of people has had their moment where they're the ones getting their ass kicked. Like, they're the one, you know? So, I don't know. Like, who suffered the most? Right. Um, that's like a, I don't, I don't even know how to answer that question. It's honestly, like, that pisses me off more than anything is, like, when one group tries to, like, out victim the other group you know we had it the worst and this was the worst thing that ever happened etc it's like well it was all bad you know like yeah and who has the time to I just have things to do um on a day in and day out basis (laughs) and that's really all I can worry about it has to be people who sit around and work you know they have nothing they don't have families they don't have goals they don't have 
good job. I mean, how do you have anything right. going for you in life and worry about know. those kind of things? Like hearkening back to like 300 years ago to like you, one of you what one of your ancestors possibly went through. Like, and you're worried about that on, you know, a daily basis for what reason? First of all, you're lying because you're not. <laughs> it's not possible. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so full of it. People are full of it. That's for sure. Uh, is that the default um, mindset for humans? I don't know. Um, like victimization? I think, no, I think it's become like trendy. I don't remember even like as a kid, you know, like that being a thing. Like now it's almost like, did you know any kids? Like I didn't even know any kids you know, in elementary school with, like, a peanut allergy or anything. Like, now I feel like everybody's got, like, some problem, you know, where... True. (laughs) I have a terrible story (laughs) about peanut allergy. I'm almost scared to tell it, but it's a good one. So there was a girl who swore So we would go on road trips. We were all friends as kids. And when we would go on road trips and stuff and get snacks, we could never get anything with peanuts because she had a peanut allergy and I never believed her. And I mean, I was not that old. And I was like, she's lying. She doesn't have a peanut allergy. So one night in her sleep, I literally rubbed peanut butter on her to figure out if she would have an allergic reaction. And she didn't. You were right. So I guess I was right. But you see what I'm saying? That's an anecdotal story, but it proves the point. Like she was getting something out of the recognition of like this fake peanut allergy. Yeah. And I even knew it in my gut as a kid. Right. And so now imagine that on a even grander scale with like adults and, you know, thousands and millions of adults now who like, well, I have this problem and that problem and, you know, whatever. Um, it's like a thing now where it's acceptable to like be like a victim of something. Like everybody's got like a problem. If you don't have a problem, then you're like weird. Right. It's how people bond too. I mean, I see it, you know, people don't make friendships anymore over common goals or, you know, being in a common space. It's more about like trauma, how do we like identify from our trauma, Yeah, you know? Yes. And I see it actually funny enough among mm-hmm. males more than I do females. Um, I feel like females True. just more isolate when they've, when they're, and um, men kind of bond together. Well, like over the whole MGTO and like, but that's just red pill thing is like, right. I mean, you don't see pick me's. Right, you know, writing books, grouping and, together. Yeah. I mean, maybe they, they do. Yeah. I'm so There's removed like writing from books that, and but... like blogs and shit about like men. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. There might be something to that because that's definitely been my experience watching men bond over, you know, mommy issues. Yeah, I agree. And like they that. definitely do, or like divorces, or like bad relationships. Yeah, everybody's like a victim. It's crazy. Yeah. 
It's not becoming And that's like when people, like sometimes I'll meet people or just in conversation, like at work or whatever. And people, people always sometimes just want to come in and just like, they sit down, they're like, ah, oh, today's not a good day. And you're just like, every day is not a good day. Like every day there's something wrong. Like right. I never have any complaints. And then when you tell people they're right. like, you know, that they're like, oh, well, if you complain, nobody would listen anyway. I was like, well, they would, but like, I really just don't have any complaints. Like the things that I would like to be different, I'm working on, or I'm doing something else in the meantime, but I'm not dwelling on it, nor am I unhappy. <laughs> right. And it's good of to course, maybe discuss yeah. it every once in a while, you know, you you have a friend and you vent or, right. you know, people, but then you move like on. Everything, it's <laughs> everything all the time. Like it's always something, you know what I mean? Like it's never, there's never like, a, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's, you know, that's just like the culture right now. Like everybody's a victim. Everyone's overcoming something. Everyone's like battling something. No one's, it's not cool to be happy. Um, or, you know, content. Yeah at all it's like weird if you say that people think you're lying when you say that or hiding Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. for sure yeah that's a really great point um people yeah it's a foreign concept so if you're in a good place people question I wish I could be like you or really Um, oh I'm sure you had some complaints you just don't like to talk about anything ever it's like no dude I really don't have any complaints like I'm fine (laughs) you know what I'm saying right yeah maybe it's because for you and I specifically I know we both have a grasp on what life could be like um and it's not lost on me how great my life is like how privileged I, I really am. Right. Um, and what the alternative could be. So, yeah. Interesting. Well, can like you we think of talking, anything else? Talk about something else. We I want to talk what about... it was, though. Let me look at the thing. I know that I said, um, you know, because Pat Stedman has been talking about, oh, this, yeah. like entering the golden age after this election. <laughs> And I kind of do feel that way, too. Um, It feels like we're fighting for something bigger than um, the president. It feels like we're fighting for, like, the new world. Like, if we go back to the old ways, I mean, it's just, it doesn't even feel, honestly, humanly possible. It's kind of like what you said, like, you know, with the left and everything. Like, those people on that side, like, they just, like, they can't conceal, like, what they are, what they're about anymore. Like, it's clear as day. Anymore. Like, yeah. they don't mean well. They're thieves. Um, they're not above, like, doing all of the things um, underhandedly to get whatever it is that they think they want. Which I don't even know. Like I said, I'm clueless as to even what their point is. Honestly. Um, other than just to be anti, it was kind yeah, of like I don't that thing know. I said the other day when I was like the true divide in this country and maybe even the world is like Apollonian versus Dionysian. And that kind of means like Apollonian means like order, beauty, mm-hmm. like grace. And Dionysian is like debauchery, degeneracy, like the body, you know, like, uh, guided by like, um, 
bodily urges, that sort of thing. And it's sort exactly mm-hmm. like the flesh exactly. versus and I the feel spirit. Like, it feels like this is that fight, you know? It does. It really does. Because I feel like if I picture a world of Biden and Kamala, I. I, I, I picture a world of, and this is me getting super esoteric, but this is seriously what I envision. I picture like chains. It's like, we will never, it will be hundreds of years before and it's we just like the slippery can like slope break free. Of degeneracy um, will just keep going, just destroy everything. Destroy it's everything. Like, there's a lot at stake with that, you know, especially for women and I like hesitate to like talk about it because you know it's so especially for women especially Um, for women (laughs) and yeah we're not in a good place we're not in a good place for several reasons and you know there's just a lot at stake for us right now and I feel like you know with this whole like you said the the flesh versus the the spirit when you have like people that are only concerned with you know instinct instinctual things bodily urges and functions that sort of thing they don't think about there's no forethought that's it's all about instant gratification you know what i mean and that's just never a good place for a culture or society to be in when you're being ruled by the flesh Yeah, 100%. And I think that has to do with, you know, because we blame masculinity a lot. And trust me, I have my, um, my um, worries, I guess you could say about the state of masculinity. But I think a big part of it is because we are ruled by the flesh right now as a society. And that doesn't leave any no. room for women to be who we really are. You know, um, we can't rest you know, and kind of lead from a spiritual standpoint, which I do think is kind of the feminine role. Um, well, if we're right, being forced being, into the forced into these sensibilities and, where, like you said, um, where women are under the guise of being like sexually liberated and fluid and po- sexually positive are doing all of these things, you know, with their bodies, with strangers or people that they don't have any like spiritual or emotional connection to. And, you know, everyone's pretending and no one's saying any it that, you know, the it being that all of this comes at a great cost, especially for a woman to your spirit and your sanity. Like we're not made for that. You know what I mean? We're Mm -hmm. not made to do things with our bodies that men do with their bodies. That was never supposed to happen. And right. So and you're are, so right. Everyone's pretending like it's everyone's so just it's pretending. So Nobody's saying like I'm on I'm drinking wine by the bottle every night. Seriously, <laughs> I'm not personally. I don't drink in my home. No, I, I trust most me. Most women I'm, are. And I'm no. on, you know, multiple antidepressants, SSRI. Yeah, whatever. SSRIs. SSRIs <laughs> and. I can barely function. I don't sleep. I don't eat like on and on. I'm doing all of these like weird sexual things with people that I don't even really know or like. And <laughs> right. We're discussing um, and cats. Like I have zero. 
Yeah, I don't have in lieu of having children. Like I remember when I was doing clinical rotation, and I don't listen. I remember doing Mm -hmm. clinical rotation at a Planned Parenthood, and like the first thing we would do in the morning was check like the the phone messages, and you listen to like the messages from the people like that need appointments or whatever. And it would be like, Oh, that's so-and-so she was just here last month. Um, and she's like on the phone again, leaving a message because she needs another abortion. And she just had one two months ago. It's like, I'm telling, it's crazy. Unreal. Like the amount of people that just are women that go out, have sex, and they use, like, abortion as birth control. Like, you can literally, like, just not have sex. Like, there's so many ways to not get pregnant. You can not have sex. You can actually go on the pill. Or you can get or you or can, you just, can get pregnant right, with you can someone that you pregnant love. And with somebody that you like and love and actually <laughs> bring the child into this world. Like, I got into an argument one day on social media so just because I recommended abstinence. Instead, you can just not have sex. Yeah, the foreign concept. Yeah, you cannot have sex. That 10 years ago was pregnant. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, I was such a piece of shit for saying that. Um, yeah. How's all, but right. Tell me how the the alternative is. Like, there's not a group of women that are coming together and saying, okay, this is like tearing us up. Like, this go, this sexual, like, positivity and, whatever going out here and like fucking like men you know at random with multiple partners with little to emotional which also is horrible for men as well but it's a whole different story and when I'm not a man so I can't speak and we're not men I mean I feel like we can it's it's really and a lot of women are suffering deeply psychologically and emotionally because of like the the sex and the sex, you know, the type of sex that they're having and the way that they're having it and that, you know, them being the whole casual sex thing, they've been like memed into it, into doing it. And no one's saying like, okay, this is like killing us. Well, have you talked, have you um, not talked, have you heard the conspiracy theories on how TikTok is grooming young women to just basically accept um, like OnlyFans is the best. Uh, like there's these super self-depreciating TikToks of girls, um, you know, oh, I've given up my career as a veterinarian, you know, for when I turn 18 to start my OnlyFans. And it's like, how is that not a psychological warfare I mean, on, you know, be, the hundreds of thousands of girls being watching like a teenager that? And being like, huh, what am I going to go to college for? And then you see, like, all of these people blow up on, like, YouTube or OnlyFans or TikTok making all of this money. Like, I, I can't imagine. Because they all think they can do it. Like, they all think, like, they're going to blow up on social media. Unless they have parents that are normal. Right. Um, right, right, exactly. Right. Which is, um, yeah, I don't know. Between. I don't know. I also don't believe, um, that any of those OnlyFans people make the money that they say they are. I don't believe it. There's no, I, I, yes, you can show I don't me either. A graphs, I don't either. You can show me a million fake deposit, whatever that is, screenshots of what I don't believe it. 
Yeah, I watch a YouTuber and it's a guy and he's on OnlyFans and, you know, he'll post screenshots. Everybody's in the top. top. Yeah. .006 of all creators. Yeah. And I'm like, you live in an apartment in Florida. You know, how, what kind of money are you really making? Yeah, I think. Um, the memes of the girls, you know, oh, I bought my first house. I think that's yeah, all I mean, it can't, a ploy it has from, like, to be sex something. traffickers. And, and also, like, anyone that I've ever mm-hmm. – <sighs> hmm, how do I say this? Most of those female, you know, OnlyFans, Cam, whatever people, they all have, like – they all have pimps. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they've got to pay then, them out as well. They pay each other, like, as well, because, like, let's say we have OnlyFans or whatever, okay? So, I have a bunch of followers, you have a bunch of followers, and then sometimes <laughs> I'll come on your OnlyFans and do guest appearances so that your followers will follow me, and I'll, you'll do the same on my channel or whatever. So, there's, like, a lot of that, I think, too. Right. But- well, and their lifestyle is not cheap. I mean, having all the work done, the rat race of, oh, you know, putting sure. on an appearance. And you need, like, you need outfits. Looking you need, like, good 24-7 is not cheap. You also, you know, that's my other thing with, like, some of the people that get on and they talk how everything's so wonderful on OnlyFans or being a sex worker or whatever. It's like, listen, you know, I've seen the other side of that. Like, I've seen women who are prostitutes who had their nose bitten off by a man or they've been stabbed or had like foreign objects put into their body. Like I, you can never meme me into believing that sex work is so glorious and nothing bad has ever happened to you. And I don't care if you are just doing it on OnlyFans online, like some of there's men that are in there and I am not only guessing this, but I'm for sure. And they think I gave her $25. I can say anything to her. And I don't care who you are. At the oh, end yeah. of the day, that is going to wear on you when someone comes in and starts just saying these things over and over. Or it could be someone who's been a customer of yours for a year and you think they're friendly, they're nice, um, you have a good rapport with them and you start telling them personal things and then all of a sudden start using those things that are personal to attack you. Like, do you know what that's going to do to you psychologically? Mhm. Mhm. Or if somebody yeah. shows up on your fucking Talk doorstep, like I don't give a fuck what these OnlyFans people say. Like you have had someone in your driveway before that have that drove there from like across <laughs> the country and found out where you lived and is now at your doorstep. Well, if you're manic enough to go on OnlyFans to begin with, because you've got to be some kind of something's not right, where you can't meet someone. So, in what real would life, you do if you found out your boyfriend or husband like porn? was had an active membership, like to OnlyFans, and had like there's a term that they have for like their regulars had like I don't know a, an OnlyFans girlfriend, like somebody who, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm ready to divulge oh, my right. views on cheating yeah. and relationships and things like that. Likewise. That's um, another story. <laughs> but, right. Um, 
but yeah. that would probably be the worst case yeah, scenario. For I me agree. Of anything else I could find out. That would be top two worst case scenarios. Um, because it's a level of delusion. It's, you're living that a double life. It's scary right. to know that you're. Right. And it's one thing to. I just well, don't know how much I want to get into it? this. But yeah, I, I would. I, I don't know. I mean, are we there yet? <laughs> I don't know why of all the things. I guess it's like extremely like, personal, do but I want this out? yeah, um, my name on it. That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll right. get there at another time. Um, yeah, we got so, to hold back somewhere. Yeah, I, I think I would be pretty upset by that. It would kind of it would gross me out. Yeah, I mean, more than it would yeah, hurt my feelings necessarily, out. it would just be disgusting. It would just be, right, because it's not even necessarily the relationship that you would be having with someone else. It's just the fact that, why can't Well, you're you living in a fantasy in land. I mean, that. Ain't... Like, you, you can't physically touch this person. Right. Yet, I mean. Paying the money for what? Like, you could do all of that. It's like, I've had the same conversation about, like, porn with, like, male friends of mine. I'll be like, you know, you could just go fuck a girl. <laughs> like, or your some of them have girlfriends. Right. You could just like right. literally have sex with your girlfriend. Oh, well, it's not the same. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird that you would watch a video, jerk off to it, instead of just actively going to fuck an actual person. An actual person that you have access to because you have girls that you could call that you are having sex with, or you have a girlfriend. And I don't think men know this but we know what that you've masturbated that day when we have sex with you it's quite apparent oh yeah <laughs> and it's a fucking annoying yeah and and what is That's wrong right. with you your psyche where you prefer that like you're not a healthy well you look at two fucking weirdos who are probably on drugs <laughs> at the moment in this video you're watching another guy's dick, like, do right. stuff, and you're jerking your dick. Uh-oh. Like, explain Yeah, it. it's gross. I'm not in... It's it, gross. Yeah. And that would be my issue with it. Um, it would just be an insult. It would just be the highest form of insult to me. Um, right. Yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty gross to think about. I kind of lost my train of thought in regards to that, but maybe we should just oh, the only get off I'm... that topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know. I think men probably live in like fantasy. I think fantasy appeals to men more than it does to women, which I think they think women are more like, I don't know, daydreamers and like fantasize more. But I think men spend a lot of time fantasizing. God, we fantasize about real what... things though. Exactly. Like I fantasize Being about like... in the kitchen. Like Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly or like a beautiful house with like decorated the way that I want it decorated and my family, you know, enjoying our home. Yeah. Like stupid shit like that. Like I don't fantasize about like men yeah no and all yeah no (laughs) (laughs) yeah men fantasize about stupid stuff and oh I remember what I wanted to say um you know about guys 
masturbating versus just going to be with their girlfriend. But this goes back to another issue. And you and I talk about this all the time of men not dating women that they actually like. Oh my God. They can't, I don't understand the psyche. Maybe we need to bring in like a, a guy guest who could break down what goes on in the male brain. Just at right. Like don't date anybody. Just date the people that you actually like and are physically attracted to. I think I said something like this before, like on Twitter where I was not wrong to date someone hot and bring someone home. That's It's not wrong to right that you're physically attracted to like intensely physically attracted to. Right. Half of your, it like, that's what I said. Like, people, you know, talking about, like, all this kinky shit and, like, having fetishes. It's like, well, you wouldn't need to do a ton of, like, kinky things in the bedroom if you were just, like, intensely attracted to and desired the person you were having sex right. with. Right. And that's a perfectly normal, Like, regular healthy- fucking suffices just fine when you're really attracted to someone. And you're dating someone who's healthy and you're healthy. I think, yeah, it's a sign of just unhealthy relationships. Right. Yeah. Interesting. And I don't understand what motivates the males, the male brain to do that. And I guess it's just, I, I had a conversation with like a friend of mine about this and I was like, you know, why do men date and marry? Cause this has been studied and it's proven like, you know, less attractive women Mm -hmm. Uh, or why do men prefer ugly women? And he was saying that men see women as like a place to like store things or keep things. Okay. And oh, that <laughs> I know because like secrets or whatever it is, like they see us as like a receptacle for things, you know, literally and physically, I guess. Right. And that, you know, beautiful women are, can't be trusted. Because, like, if you're out with a woman, I'm assuming, as a man, and you see, like, every man in the room turns his head to look at her. I don't care how handsome you are or how moneyed. You feel like that woman could possibly be taken from you. Okay. Yeah, fair. So she may not. So if she can be... You know, if she leaves you and she takes with you whatever you've given to her for safekeeping, then, you know, that woman is, he said, seen as, like, not safe. And this is a constant theme. Like, I watch movies and I see this theme all the time. Like, there was a movie I watched with Brigitte Bardot. Um, I forget the name of the the movie. But she's a beautiful woman. And the theme of the movie is basically, you know, that she's treacherous, you know. Uh-huh. And... That she can't be trusted, you know, because she's a beautiful woman. And there's like this continuous theme in our culture. It's like an archetype almost that there's like the beautiful woman, but she's a villain. She'll cross you. She'll steal from you. She's eventually going to break your heart. And like the homely woman, you know, the played woman is always seen as like, you know, the one that the handsome man passed over didn't notice but turns out to be an angel in disguise yeah do you know what i'm saying like i don't know did you watch like um i i i I know exactly what you're saying it's like in twilight the movies the books in the movie twilight and then 50 shades of gray both of those characters the female characters are described in the books and in the movies as like average and these men are crazy for them yeah 
Well, then I'm screwed, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) If that's... I mean, I don't know. We need to have, like, a guy explain that to us. Because I've asked, and I've never gotten a good explanation. I don't understand it, but I know it's a thing. And I know it's a thing that gets, like, pushed in our culture. Because I see the pattern, like, played out all of the time in, like, popular movies and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, Twilight, Fifty Shades of Grey that French movie I was just talking about, which I'll tell you the name of later. Um, what else? Oh, like Gone with the Wind. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. I, I, Scarlet. I mean, I know what Scarlet you're saying. Is, like, it's, Scarlet's beautiful. You know, she's whatever, but she's a horrible person. Yeah, but I just, and maybe I'm only speaking because I'm actually a good person. Um, so it's hard. Right. So am I. Yeah. Like, you're like, you know, of course, a lot of people haven't seen us in real life, but we've seen each other in real life. You're adorable. You're a kind person. You have a bubbly personality. You know, everywhere we go, men stop and stare. You are, you know, uh, noticeable um, and noticed frequently. And yeah. Yeah. And um, same for, I mean, same for you. I definitely think, well, I, I even commented on this when we were in Miami. I'm like, there are tons of hot girls here. I mean, we, we, we were in Miami at one of the, you know, nicer hotels there. So right. of course there's tons of beautiful people there. And I just said, I was like, no one stares at anyone else. Like they do you and I, right? Um, but yet we were the ones that were alone. Right. Well, until I picked well, yeah. up like that guy yeah. in the pool. <laughs> Which is like a whole other story for another time. Yeah, and I don't mean we weren't alone. Ugh. We ended up meeting people and stuff, but you know, like the general, right. like what the point I'm trying to yeah. make. Yeah, um, we were not like um, I don't. I wouldn't say we were alone. No, that's um, maybe not the right word. But you know, you know yeah. what I mean. It was just kind of like yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I did yeah. notice though that we were definitely looked at more than anyone else there. Um, right. Well, I think we were also like one of maybe five women there that weren't prostitutes. That's true. And that's did not thing. have I think everybody all the plastic surgery in the world. Yeah, I think everybody else there was like actively a prostitute. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Good point. So <laughs> Yes, I'm happy to stick out <laughs> among us. Right. Well, I mean to say like we weren't like on a date because we weren't prostitutes like the rest of them right. were. I guess. Um yeah. Yeah, and the fact that the world is shut down didn't really help either, but No, it didn't. Um Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's weird. I mean, all of my friends that I grew up with are married or almost there and I am not. Um and that doesn't really logically make sense to me. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But and would I trade lives with any of them no not in one second you know most of their marriages are miserable I'm more successful than most of them um you know not that that's you also everything. have like the people it's weird because it's like social media is such a weird place because you also have have women like on social media especially who will like they flaunt marriage as like a a success you know like I'm better than because I was chose by someone which is fine um, if that's how you want to value yourself, fine. But then it's like, okay, but you're actively on social media, like taking sexual like selfies 
and making like sexual innuendos on social media and stuff like that. So why should I like you're obviously don't respect your husband. Um, and if you don't respect your husband, then you're obviously not happily married. Right. In my opinion. Well, you yeah. Know? I mean, it was just like I said, I would not trade places with any of these people. Yeah. And so, but that's the thing. I think sometimes too, you know, when women are single and that sort of thing, you're in this, you have like the scorn of like men who like somehow, like if you're out there dating, it's like, well, why are you single? And it's like, well, because I am. It's just like the most stupid question when people ask people why they're single. Well, because they are, you know what I mean? Like there's no rhyme or reason especially in these days and times where it's specifically and oddly like hard to date because people are so jaded and are substituting like people think because they go out and have casual sex that they're dating that's not dating no you know you cannot like I think I had a conversation about this the other day and it was about like coffee dates or whatever like I've personally never been on a coffee date um I don't think I have and either. I, at this my point, in my, I don't know of any point. Yeah. I don't have the personality for that either. Like, I just wouldn't go. No. Like, I'm an entire adult. Like, do not ask me out to coffee for a first or second date. I want date. to get dressed up. If I'm going to leave exactly. my house. I'm an adult. If I'm going to leave my house, take time. I want to get dressed up. I want to be wined. I want to be dined and acknowledged. Um, and have a pre I want you to show appreciation for me to go out with you mm -hmm. and yes as a man it's a privilege for someone to accept a date with you so treat it as such right okay. uh curses of our fathers <laughs> it, well right exactly like my dad would be like he invited you to go to a coffee date <laughs> he would have been like don't you fucking dare oh my god I know and who is this piece of shit loser yeah exactly. like seriously dead serious like absolutely not yeah no kidding oh my god yeah no it is a blessing and a curse to have chad as a dad right i yeah exactly i think i said that one day i was you like oh, you called yeah <laughs> and i think people like i we've discussed this a lot but you know my dad really like my dad was like super handsome um like he had like a bunch of like classic cars you know he was like that was his leisure time like working on his cars or whatever like he believed in like if the family was going out or if he and my mom were going out like he would like pick my mom's outfits you know what I mean like same thing with me like there's a lot of stuff like I probably wouldn't share like publicly that my dad like taught me about being like a woman. Like he was like, men expect this or that, and you should know how to do this or that. And you should have this or that done. Um, because that's what men like or whatever. And he, you know, told me all of this stuff, like when I was a teenager or whatever, but. And thank God for that. <laughs> and thank God for that. Right. Exactly. Um it's not like but, he was trying to fit you into some box or something. I no, he wasn't. I think it was just one of those things as like he was a man. He's a man, and he knew the reality of like other men. And instead of like letting your kid go out there and just sort of like flail and figure this stuff out, he just sort of like this is how you should do these things, and this is what you should expect. Yeah, he gave you, you know? direction. He was a right, parent exactly. to you. <laughs> right. Exactly.
Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, a coffee date. Yeah, absolutely not. Like, what the fuck is that shit? Yeah, I mean, kids in high, little boys and I mean, I had guys in high school who like sit, took you to Applebee's. Yeah, but and they would save for weeks and go right. out and do odd jobs and stuff to be able to. It was usually like a night, like you went to the movies, like you went to Applebee's or whatever. Yeah, whatever know, was saying. in the mall. like whatever yeah, the thing was. Right, maybe the mall or something, and walked around the mall, yep. and that was it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so why, as an entire adult, would I like go meet you for coffee? Right, and people say, you know, especially with you know online dating, it's like, well, I want to get to know someone first before investing the time, or like, what if it's awkward? Well, then you already know you don't like them. Yeah, A and B. I mean, if you can't get through a dinner without it being so awkward, I mean, if you're that socially challenged to not be able to get through a dinner, then, I mean, I definitely don't want to go on a date with you. It's honestly, like, I think we're both falling into the trap of, like, um, what do you call it? Rationalizing something that doesn't make any sense. Right. It's Bottom line <laughs> is, it's just cheap. Yeah. It's cheap. Yeah. Like, you can say everything that you just said and, like, oh, we don't know if we like each other. So you want to spend $10 right? instead of $150 or whatever? Like, come on. Right. And there is no guarantee that it will end well, you know? And that's, like, there part isn't. of the game. But I don't know how you could be left with a pleasant feeling after a coffee date either. Like, how do you walk away from your coffee date like, wow, I really like this guy? Yeah, I mean... I personally don't know. I do know couples who have, who like are married and their first date was, you know, at the park or going for coffee. And for me, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not too old. I'm not old by any means, but I'm too successful in my life to only do that on my own. So if I'm I going mean, ideal, to... Like, ideally, I would be at the coffee place and meet someone there. Like, we just happen to be sitting next to each other. But I just don't see myself accepting a coffee date. That's not... I don't feel like that leads to the life that I'm looking forward to. Right. I think it sets a bad, <laughs> a bad precedent. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I feel, That's I such a Twitter argument. Huh? <laughs> I like that. That uh, coffee date or two hundred dollars on a date has been oh god up and I hate even like I feel so low for even getting into that discussion just now. It's like the stuff, honestly, because it means something more than what it actually means. In the sense of like, it's like you see women like further lowering the bar, like just anything to get anything. Yeah. I mean, like you're right. Accepting anything just to say, like, I have a boyfriend or I'm dating. It's like, stop lowering the fucking bar. Right. Because it hurts all Don't, of us. Let's collectively, exactly. Let's collectively not accept these things anymore. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, you're right. It does. It represents something more. Yeah, it's just cheap. Like, cut to let's all like stop pussyfooting around it. It's a cheap thing. It's bullshit, and you know we shouldn't be accepting this. Now, it's one thing if you're like establishing your relationship, and you go out for coffee. I don't know, whatever. It's stupid. I don't see myself. Um, I mean, I don't go out with for coffee with anyone, so I don't yeah. see that 
starting. Yeah, exactly. I just make it at home or get it at the drive Right. Starbucks. I don't either. I don't do that either. Right. Yeah, it's not something I have to time for. Up. Yeah, it's, I don't either. I don't have time for it. Like, I think sometimes people think, especially when you're like on social media in any way, that like you have all this time. And it's like if people really like I start my day at like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it actually is funny. Sometimes I feel that way, too, because I do spend a lot of time on Twitter. And I'm right. like, I actually don't have the time to do this. It, no it's like I don't know how it's I like pull a lot it of off. times like people like you don't realize like I'm doing I'm squeezing in like a tweet or something like in the middle of like doing like four other things right and I, even right now like doing this like I just got home like right before we sat down you know before we were texting or whatever and then like this is the first time I sat down today yeah I mean luckily for me I work 100% remotely even before coronavirus right so I'm just at home like even though I'm super busy I do have the flex I don't have someone watching over me like right on my phone I'm not doing benign tasks yeah um, same I don't have anyone like watching over me either but I am like I do have to physically be present at work but um yeah I really don't uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think sometimes like on social media or on the internet or whatever, you don't get a sense of like whatever people's real lives are like. So people just sort of think you exist as you exist online. They don't realize like there's a whole entire like machine going on. On the other side. On the other side of this. Right. Exactly. But I do think Um, you definitely can tell the people who it is their whole life. And we've talked about this. Oh, yeah. Like the people that have like four screens up and like three phones going and like all that shit for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I'm definitely not one of those. But I think going at um, Anon, well, I don't know if we even can at this point, but would be probably wise yeah anonymous it would I would probably have to just set up like a different account oh yeah for sure yeah and just like disassociate myself you know just tweet whatever over on that account um and just like keep it real whatever on my actual account I just um like I, I don't know like the whole anon thing I get it but then a part of me is like sort of like I don't respect it in a way yeah, I think for me, I have no problem attaching my name to even my most um, extreme views at all. Um, I do work for someone where I'm mostly safe, um, but there is always that lingering of, you know, what if this does get in the wrong hands? Just a little, yeah. just a little bit. Yeah, I'm pretty like independent. I do have like a boss, but he thinks exactly the same way I do so yeah same here it's just more of like um like uh personally like do I want everyone in my life oh yeah exactly um, you know what I'm saying right I think that's the thing like I've always kept um I've never I don't allow people from my real life there's a few people on my twitter from my real life that follow me and then there's some people from twitter who have become a part of my real life but there's not I'm not a different person in person, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like even my most intimate friends are aware of my, the way I feel about things or like, you know, they wouldn't be surprised by 
anything that they read on my Twitter is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, see, I definitely uh, think my most intimate friends know, but there's only like three of those people. But I am connected right. to thousands of people who would be it, like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I'm connected to people too, but like my, the like my patients and stuff, they don't know of my existence. They do know my existence on like Instagram, but I have very clear boundaries with them and yeah. I don't allow them to follow me on social media or anything like that because there's been like issues in the past with just like, with like boundaries being crossed and stuff like that. And it's usually not with male patients. It's usually like with female patients. <laughs> That's funny. And most, yeah. And usually it's just that I'm not at work and you're, texting or you know inboxing me on a Friday night at nine o'clock at night with a question that's like three paragraphs long right so it's like stuff like that so I just learned like a while ago to just not even go there because people can't just be like quiet observers you know what I mean just like look at pictures and like it and like keep it moving nope they can't do that no (laughs) no and then they'll bring it up next time you see them in person yeah right exactly but most of the time is that they're trying to ask me like after hours questions and I'm not at work right and I think sometimes people think like it's like I know your face and your name but I don't know details about you off the top of my head and they just start messaging you like you remember every little thing about them and I don't right yeah they're definitely social media and um technology has like um really mess with boundaries between professional and personal. And I even read a tweet about this the other day and I thought it was interesting about, you know, people who drive Uber and Airbnb and God bless them. Like some people need the extra money, whatever. But at one point, you know, are you giving up your whole, like everything part of your life is like monetized, you know, right? there's no privacy. There's no boundaries, even with your car. Um, right you know and how healthy is that and it's masked as like oh you know side hustle and stream of incomes and it's like no you know maybe not (laughs) yeah yeah I've had people like say stuff like that to me like why don't you you know because I have like a home or whatever and I'm like I don't want people in my house (laughs) like no I don't need the money, number one. Number two, like, I absolutely don't want a stranger, like, in my – like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Right. I I definitely don't want to talk to a stranger. Like, and I definitely don't want them in my house. Like, it's bizarre to me. Well, even if you don't have to see them, it's, like, just knowing someone is in your space. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. Like, a stranger is, like, in your stuff. Like, on mm -mm. I don't like it. I don't either. Yeah, I mean, there's no amount of money that could really be worth it to me for that. No. no. Um, at least not, no. Yeah, I would find other things to do. Luckily, right. I have that ability. Well, and I think sometimes, too, because there was, like, a time in my life where I was, like, you know, in that whole, like, hustle mode. Like, I was working, like, a ton. Like, I was working mm, seven days a week. This is, like, few years ago just like totally you know in that whole I'm gonna make as much money as I possibly can like in this time period and then it gets to be a point where it's like you know money doesn't matter if you don't have like peace of mind and like quality of life true you know and you do have to go I do think everyone does have to go through that hustle period you know because I definitely went through that too and it definitely plays into why I'm where I'm at now 
Um, and so I wouldn't trade it, but you do have to recognize when it's like, okay, I've kind of reached where I want to be and I have to step back. Right. I don't need 10 roommates and like stuff. I want to come home to a quiet home. Right. Finding what's important to you. Exactly. Well, we've been going, it's an hour and a half. Do you think people, are we making these too long? Like, do we need to make them shorter and have topics and. I don't know. Well, people I stick around we'll for a whole out. hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, because they don't have anything better to do. No, I'm sure. joking. Wow. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess we could like nip it in the bud, or yeah. maybe keep it an hour. Yeah, we'll yeah. just mess with it and see what feedback we get. Yep. Okay. Well, this was fun. Um, All right. We will talk next time. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.